And I'm looking down and seeing black stuff dripping out of my nipple. I hate to think about what I was doing. My first time that happened to me, I literally was considering writing out a note and telling everybody like what happened. I love them because I thought it was fine. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was crossing my mind like I need to do something now because I'm home alone and I'm going to die. And I, I feel like I can't breathe. I'm probably going to die. Those just both like gave me a lot of anxiety and made me feel super weird and not like myself. Looking back, it's almost like a dream. Episode 12 Episode of the 12. Atlas Hour. Today we're going to talk about our, uh, our past with steroid use, since we've alluded at it a few times in the past, guys, and we're sorry for forgetting to do that. Um, but yeah, let's dive into that, Josh. When did you start using steroids? Oh gosh, the dirty word. Um, so I guess backtrack, I got into competing. Actually, I did my first show when I was 16. So I uh, was super young, uh, obviously was not using anything then. And uh, kind of, you know, as I continued to work my way out of like the teen division, that's when obviously I started to feel like, okay, I've got that pressure and for people that don't know when you compete in bodybuilding. And it, I think it's still this way. The teen division goes until you're 19. It's like weird, you know, um, weird random cutoff. Um, but well, I guess uh, it has the word teen in it. Yeah, I know. But I guess I just feel like we don't normally think of like 19 yeah. as a teenager. I guess um, we should. Yeah, I think bodybuilders got it right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're definitely still a kid then for the most part. Um, so anyway, when I moved out of that into the men's division at uh, 20 years old, that's kind of when I decided to make that jump. Um, nice. So when I actually had a, a physician here locally where I live that uh, kind of was the one who helped me go through getting a prescription for like testosterone and things like that. So that's kind of where I started out was just a base cycle of testosterone for 12 weeks at I think either four to 500 milligrams. And that was kind of where I just jumped into it head first. And it's funny now, because as we always talk about back in the day, that was kind of like the you know, unspoken rule of like every original cycle is 500 milligrams of tests for 12 weeks, maybe kickstart with some Dianabol and knowing what we do now, like that's probably an absurd amount actually to start off with. So, and that like, was a physician prescribed script, mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about. Did it say 500 milligrams on the uh, script? Like a week? It was for four, it was for 400 milligrams a week. I still don't oh, know how cow. no one ever flagged that. Um, it's really, yeah, really crazy in retrospect. Now, um, historically, knowing... that's how things were done. Like, yeah. you know, in, in the golden era and our, uh, Arnold's days and a little bit later, that's how things happened. You went to your doctor and they helped you with your, your script and they kind of monitored it. This is before as a controlled substance. So you could literally just go to your doctor. Like when we had Clark on, you know, he told us about going mm -hmm. to a doctor and loading up on testosterone. I I, I hope it gets back to that day, honestly, because I mean, guys are still doing it. They except for your ordering it from sketchy ass sources that, you know, you're, you have no idea where the purity is and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Guys are going to do it regardless. It's, it's kind of like the, I don't know, the argument of like giving needles to heroin addicts, you know, like they're going to do it anyways. Why not help them to do it safer? And I just feel like the, criminalization of putting it into a controlled substance is insane. Controlled substances have to do with the, uh, like the addictive properties of it. 
And you know, there's an argument to be made that maybe there's some addictive properties to it. But I mean, caffeine's so much more addictive. That's not a controlled substance, you know. Just last night, Josh was telling me he's wanting to come off of even TRT if he was, you know, an addict. He, like you, you really don't care about your TRT at this point, from what I gather. Neither do I. Yeah. I wish I was not on. Like it, yeah. it bothers me to have to inject at this point. I despise it. So I'm not certainly not addicted to TRT. Yeah. So the fact that it's a controlled substance, I think, is ridiculous. But uh, so, anyways, after after that, what was the next cycle? Well, and to continue on your point too, I, we're going to have Rick Collins on eventually mm -hmm. to talk about that a little bit, but just the legality of it, even uh, becoming a scheduled drug like that in the nineties was a really weird shift in the sense that it was only because there was the big crackdown in sports where Ben Johnson got busted in the late eighties. And so there was like this huge American push to like make sure steroids are banned in sports. And by doing that, they decided to make it just, you know, a fully banned substance as far as just for any person to use. So there wasn't like a just onslaught of bodies or, you know, like an epidemic like we've had with other drugs uh, that would even cause them to go down the route. So yeah, the legality behind it is really weird uh, when you actually even look at the history. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but then, so, you know, after that, I, took the blast and cruise method uh, for people that don't know blasting and cruising is, you know, uh, the blast phase is where, like I was speaking, you'll do an actual cycle where your doses are higher. Uh, cruising is then where you kind of come down to a TRT or replacement dose of testosterone. Um, back in the old school days, seventies, eighties guys would get on, get on for 12 weeks hop off completely and just kind of that up and down of, you know, once you're coming off exogenous hormones, you're shutting off your body's natural endocrine function. So you can have a big crash in those come down periods. So people kind of learned that it just made more sense to at least just come down to a stable dose of a hormone replacement level of testosterone. That way you weren't having these big fluctuations, which I guess technically you still are, but you're not actually crashing your system. Um, so was that after, after that, the first cycle, like you never came off your first cycle, you just mm -hmm. went straight to a cruise. Yeah. Just, nice. I kind of knew that going forward, um, you know, I was going to actively compete and that seemed like the best way to do it, that I wasn't going to, again, have those big crashes coming off where my hormones were at zero and could hopefully maintain some of the gains that I, you know, was getting from those blasts. Yeah. This, cause I'm a good amount older than you, I think like what, five, eight, something like that year. So <clears throat> what year was that? It was probably pretty standard for guys to be doing blast and cruise at that point where it wasn't when I started I'm trying to think. So that would have been 2015. Yeah. 2015. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was pretty common yeah. place at that point. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, kind of how I, you know, the research that I did, it seemed like everybody and even the people who helped coach me at that time all recommended that, hey, this is probably, especially having a legal script for it, you have no reason not to. It's not like you're going to run out of it type of thing. Did you, at 20, did you think at all, like, this is crazy that I'm starting something that I'll be on for the rest of my life? Yes and no. I, I you know, in retrospect now, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have <laughs> taken that into consideration. Um, but I think I just, gosh, I was so young at that point and I thought it was so cool that like, wow, I'm getting to legally do this. I've got a prescription for it. Like I'm all in on bodybuilding. This is my next step. 
Um, but yeah, now when I think about it, I'm like, dude, you had a great natural physique. Like you weren't ever going to make any money bodybuilding. Um, you know, I, or at least I never had any aspirations to do that as a career. Um, so why did I want to go down that route? Which I'm sure many guys, I could say the same thing about you in the moment and it's exciting and you want to get as big as possible. Uh, but yeah. Crazy. I think I talked about mine first, maybe on the last episode or one of the episodes where I like drove and got some, I got a, a, a vial of testosterone for some exorbitant fee. It was like, I think a hundred bucks. It should be maybe like 30 these days. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I got a, We're got not a good vial. quality either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then I found out through the forums that it was a sketchy source and then a sketchier source sold me their stuff. And then I did my psych, which I think was real. Maybe. I don't know. I never got blood work either. That was a stupid thing. I don't even know what my starting testosterone was when I started. Yeah. It could have been totally adequate. Um, I did the 500 milligrams per week. And man, that wasn't a good time, man. I actually felt like shit. Did you ever get like trend flu and, or not trend flu, but test flu? Like where you felt awful, like you had a, a flu through the night from the testosterone? Not necessarily. And that could be a difference in sourcing, obviously, right? Probably I so. was getting, I, I've always wondered because, you know, there was always that thing where people said, oh, it's a test flu. It's, you know, dude, I got that so many times. Yeah. See, and I have always just thought that that's ah, probably just because there's whatever they're using for the preservatives with the gear or what yeah, we're I think getting that to guy because I, you I just never get, experienced it. You get thrown into like a crazy, um, inflame, like inflammatory response, basically like my, my glute would usually welt up. And then that night it would usually come in at night, just like you were sick. I, the first time I thought it was like, Oh boy, I'm getting sick. Like, it feels like you got the flu. You start getting terrible chills and your whole body aches and you're like shaking, but you're dripping sweat like crazy. And then it's gone by the morning. And I had that multiple times after like a big shot, which 250, like a whole CC is a lot of oil these days. I haven't gotten close to the highest I've done is like 0.3 in a few years, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. That's that kind of crazy to think much. about that now. Yeah. Right oh, now. It would make me feel so that. sick. Yeah. yeah it was I'm thinking awful. about my shots now were what, like 0.14 mLs three times a week. And yes. it's, it's like thinking about how small that is in comparison to, yeah, what we used to load up in a syringe. It's no wonder it would hurt. <laughs> exactly. About it now. And then my second was, I didn't go straight to Dianabol. I didn't go to orals for a little while. When I did, I went hard. But when I, at first I went to, uh, to Equipoise. So it was 500 testosterone with some amount of Equipoise on top. I'm sure my blood pressure was awful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I got a bloody nose a few times using that. And I would never recommend Equipoise for anyone. This is, that's a horse drug. It's never been used in humans. I highly Highly recommend not using that ever if you're, if you're listening. It didn't really do much either. I don't know. And then I, the thing was, is I kept getting like what I consider to be lackluster results, which I've talked about many times, likely due to genetics and my training and my diet. And so each time I just went up and up and up. And I don't remember what my third compound was, but it was probably higher testosterone, more equipoise. Oh, eventually I started adding a nandrolone and I didn't do DECA because I thought water retention, I'll just do NPP because you don't get water retention that way, which is just ridiculous. That's complete bro science. Yeah. Same um, compound, but I would, just a different ester. Yeah. I think when I, oh, and this, my first cycle, I cycled off for sure. I used HCG, um, okay. HCG and maybe, 
probably Nova or something, which is a, a stupid PCT, but I did those. And then maybe I did another cycle and cycled off of that. But around this time, I don't know, when was that? Probably 2012, I think mm-hmm. pretty early. Um, that was, I think Jason Blaha started talking about blasting and cruising. Um, there was very few Blaha was like my main source of steroid information at the time. He started talking about it. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to commit to it. I'll do it. And I didn't, I kind of thought about it back then too. Like, am I, am I going to want to be on this for the rest of my life and figure eh, whatever, I'll just do it, you know? And it was selfish too, because I hadn't really, I mean, I thought I probably won't have kids, so I didn't care Mm -hmm. about my fertility, but I didn't take anyone else's like, you know, opinions into consideration when it came to that, which is very selfish. Um, yeah. And then from there, I I just kept blasting and cruising and it was always pretty high. And my cruise was never a cruise. My cruise was probably like 500 for years. Like I never went that you were probably much more responsible with things and funnily enough had significantly greater results than I did, but I would probably cruise at like four or 500 and then I would blast it over a gram or so. And I certainly like was not the most conservative person in the world, in my opinion. I mean, my cruises would come down to 200 milligrams of tests. So still way more than actually is needed. I mean, that's a cycle for people nowadays. Um, If guys were to say like a starting dose of a test cycle, I'd say you could do 200 milligrams a week and get great results off of that. Um, And I mean, really from there on out after that first one, you know, my first like show, like real men's division show, uh, going into that, it was, you know, test switch to a propionate ester, uh, with some trend Mastron and Anavar as I got, you know, the last six weeks before the show. And even then I think it was like 50 milligrams. It was, you know, they used to get the mast, uh, trend blends back in the day. I'm sure they still make them, but like, you know, 50 milligrams of each every other day and probably like 40 milligrams of Anavar. But, I actually had a script for pharmaceutical grade Anavar, uh, which nice. was pretty wild. And I still think like out of all the stuff that I used, um, that probably worked the best probably because of the quality of it. Uh, but I always felt the best on it too. So I don't know what my favorite was. I think just a combination of test and MPP probably, um, I liked Anadrol like before workouts, but it makes you feel pretty shitty after a while. You know, I, I never did used you ever, Anadrol. You didn't? Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Never. I, my probably my craziest is something like a gram of testosterone with Tren, maybe even NPP in the mix, and then a mm-hmm. Anadrol and Dianabol all together. Like I would just be like, "Fuck it, I'll just add it all in." Yeah, it's insane. I can't believe I would do stuff like that. I looked at my labs from back then recently because I was getting labs and my estrogen was 240, which is insane. Like a normal estrogen for a guy on gear should probably be like maybe 50 tops. Mine was 240. I wasn't doing any AIs or anything, but that and it, I had the shitty testosterone lab that doesn't pick up, you know, after or above 1500 nanograms mm-hmm. per deciliter. So it's just say like greater than 1500. But if my test, if my estrogen was 240, the amount of testosterone I must have had to have that is insane. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't anything special. I'll tell everybody that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was a, a big looking dude, but I wasn't that big. Yeah. And That's I think the, the craziest I ever pushed it was for my last show that I ever did. And I got up to 750 milligrams of test a week. 
uh, with, I think, like probably 300 milligrams of trend on top of that going into the show. Um, and that was about as wild as I got. And then after that show, that's kind of when I started teetering further and further away from it. Uh, but like you, I actually did have, because I rarely did blood work back then more so just because I was a kid and really couldn't afford to go do it type of thing. Um, or I guess I could have, I did have a doctor that oversaw stuff, but I just didn't make it a point to always do it. Um, but I did have tests that came back with my actual total T like at 2300 or something like that. Um, and then I just remember for some reason, my HDL still sticks out to me that it was like 20 or something <laughs> like that. And I remember that and I'm like, God, that's like, uh, I hate to think about what I was doing. Like probably picked up a few fatty streaks in my arteries just from <laughs> shit like that back in the day. I had a single digit HDL more than once, like oh. a nine. Yeah. 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 Awful. My LDL was always decent. Um, mm -hmm. Wasn't testing APOB back then. Now that I've, I'm in the know, I've tested my LP little A and it's pretty low. So I probably wasn't, you know, at yeah. risk there. Yeah. You only need one test when it comes to LP little A, but my LDLC, the highest I think I saw it was like 110 once, which certainly isn't. No, it was 101 actually on that cycle where my my estrogen was insane. That's when HDL was like nine, but my LDLC was like 101, which isn't bad whatsoever. I mean, it's not ideal. I'd like it lower now. Be pushing but for it being, like that, no. Yeah, but I had a virtually like almost fat free diet for years. So, yeah. um, like I ate just chicken and rice basically with some, or some iteration of that and very little fat. Like if I had ground beef, it was once a week and it was 96, four, I almost didn't even eat eggs. Like I just was really fat free. It was just high carbs and high protein. And what was the reasoning behind that? Did you just not feel good on fat or was there actually like a health decision behind that or? There certainly wasn't a health. I never cared about health. Well, I mean, not really, you know, it was more, I felt like I performed well with a lot of carbohydrates and I felt mm -hmm. that like de novo lipogenesis of creating fat out of carbohydrates was a difficult thing for my body to do. Yeah. So I felt like I could push the calories with less fat gain than I would if I had a lot of dietary fat in circulation, which I still would maybe agree to, to an extent, obviously calories are king and that's going to determine, you know, what gets stored as adipose. But I did feel like I would stay leaner if my dietary fat was lower. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's person to person. Cause uh, I used to kind of think, or I feel like maybe like your ideas of that change through the years. Cause I used to kind of feel the same way. And then even now over the last couple of years, like I'm a much higher fat person, moderate carb now. And even for the amount of endurance work that I do, I feel better with that. It's just more like strategically mm -hmm. where my carbs are around things now to actually utilize them. But yeah, you know, I eat a lot with, more fat now. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel better. I feel like now definitely uh, much uh, not as uh, inflamed all the time or not as much uh, water retention too, which could have been a multitude of factors back then when you're taking a lot of hormones. But yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely stay just as lean. Well, no, I'm a little bit fatter than I was then, but there's a lot less drugs and I'm a lot yeah. less working out. But <clears throat> I, I have a lot more fat. Like I'll have like two servings of peanut butter in the morning. That's like 30 grams of fat. And then almost always an entire avocado at night with like half or more of a pound of ground lean beef. So I have a lot of, of fat these days where I, before that was unheard of, I wouldn't even have avocado, man. It was crazy. I'd eat anything. <laughs> what was your, um, what was your least favorite compound? And then your favorite compound, I guess you already said Anavar was your favorite. 
Yeah, Alexandrolone was certainly my favorite. Um, it just, I don't like very, very strong on it. Um, and you didn't have to take a lot of it. I mean, I know guys used to always like get up to 100 milligrams. You could take 40 milligrams of pharma grade Anavar and feel ridiculous. Even nowadays, I think you could probably take 10 and it would make a huge difference. Um, so that was by far my favorite. And then my least favorite. I feel like has to be trend. And I feel like that's a, you know, stereotypical answer. A lot of people would say that, but yeah. And, and EQ, I didn't like EQ either. I only tried it one time, but those just both like gave me a lot of anxiety and made me feel super weird and not like myself in different ways. I think because EQ obviously had never been tested on humans, but there's a lot of like estrogen suppression there. It's like some, if you look at guys labs, sometimes it, lowers their E2. So I don't know if there's like some fighting at the receptor there and that can kind of be what causes anxiety and weirdness from it. Um, and then trend Lord knows what's happening with that um, as far as what it's actually doing, but you certainly don't feel like yourself, like very just um, indifferent to the rest of the world. Like you just don't really care about anything. Did you realize that when you were on or is it after like looking back for, cause for me while on, I would always be like, this isn't that bad. And then when I was done later on looking back, it's almost like a dream where you're like, you know, in a dream, you're almost watching yourself mm -hmm. do things. I can feel like my trend self. I'm like outside of myself, like, whoa, that was really bad and terrible. I didn't feel it in the moment, but now looking back, I was miserable. Does that make sense? Certainly. I mean, and yeah. even just running compounds in general, when I not just trend, like when I think back on just higher doses of anything, I'm like, you can like justify like, oh, I feel fine. I feel like my normal self. Uh, but now looking back, I'm like, that was certainly not me at all. Like it, it gives you a very different temperament and just uh, your thinking on things dwarf or changes. Like it, it becomes very just, uh, I don't know, like, devious sometimes like i feel like having that just high androgen environment makes you a little more risky about things we've talked about that a little bit yeah. but just some of the things i would say or do i'm like i would never do that now I'm too nice <laughs> of a person <laughs> yeah it's weird it's a weird thing when i look back i'm like yeah that was all i even the way that i felt i'm like yeah i felt toxic and gross mm -hmm. but you don't think that in the moment you know when but it was the one it too, if you're competing or like getting ready for a CrossFit competition, you're like, oh, I'm just tired. This is part of the profit process. Well, like well, maybe you're feeling like shit because of all the stuff you're putting in your body too. Yeah, it's crazy. It, that was the one though, that what I feel like change of physique. And when people say change of physique, I, I always heard that and would literally think, you know, like you can see it more for your physique and nothing, you know, there's so many influencers and things that talk about these things and give them way too much praise and really mm -hmm. convince people that they're going to be better than they are. When I say change your physique, it's like, it's very mild. You're, you're going to see it in the mirror, but like, it's going to be smaller things. Like you'll have more veins, even though you're not working out, you look like maybe you just did got a pump, you know, it's not growing yeah. new tissue, but you do, or like you get out of the shower and you got veins through your arms. Like you just did curls and you're like, yeah, this is starting to work. You know, you can feel it. Your traps are kind of puffy. That's what people mean. It's not like I was always under the impression the way these guys talk about it, like, you know, people like Vigorous Steve, which I like Vigorous Steve a lot. But when you listen to his stuff, it's like pure hyperbole. Like when I listen, I'm like, dude, like no wonder so many people are going out and trying this stuff the way you're explaining it. But he even explains TRT is like, like it's going to just change your world. And I'm like, 
it will help, you know, like yeah. it, it'll certainly, but it's not going to be, I don't know. I, I felt privy to, or I fell uh, prey to thinking that it was going to be some monumental life shattering, like, you know, changes in my physique. And I, I think so the one that does that is trend and literally like take your current physique, do a full upper body workout, you know, and look at your pump. And that's basically what trend is like all the time, which is cool. Certainly it's really cool. But if you don't have a lot of muscle to begin with, you're not start, like, just start putting them on, you know? Yeah. Would you agree? And, oh, absolutely. And the trade-off of, you know, sure. Ever and to backtrack with you, I do think that everybody always hyperbolizes it in comparison to even all other compounds. And I hate it when people do that because nowadays like i feel like that's the thing i see influencers do is like there's the trend twins or whatever that i've seen going around where they like document their you know lives doing that and i'm like god like if you guys only knew how toxic that was for you because sure it may get you the most visual results quicker in comparison to any other compound but like the neurotoxicity of 19 nor uh, compounds like that who knows what the hell's actually going on um at the, obviously your brain level do those kids actually do trend or are they just calling themselves out to be funny? I think that they, I should uh, probably have researched that more, but I'm pretty sure that they're <laughs> I like don't know. open about like just compound uses in general. They definitely, it sounds yeah, like. I thought, are... I thought they were a little bit more on the like safer use side, but I don't know. I don't know anything about them really. I think that they were with Derek for a while and they've since moved on to another supplement company and that's when I first heard of them, but. Even I don't know. The name For some itself, reason, though, I'm like, I, it's just funny. Yeah, how I guess the like, name. It, yeah, everyone is yeah. so just like, um, what's the word? They like idolize Trimbalone for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that great, man. I don't like it really at all. Like you said, yeah, looking back is awful. Oh, the sleep too is so, so bad. It's terrible. Oh, There's nothing that you can do to get good sleep on it. You wake up probably every two hours with a racing heart and just like, and it's not you don't just wake up, you wake up like you're alert yeah. and then yeah. just like, cool, what do I do now? And yeah. then you just got to walk around or something. I used to eat, I would eat a shit ton of like sugary cereal and then that would crash me a little bit and then I would do it again in a few hours. Yeah. It's and then it's and hard too because you're, you're, yeah, you're trying to go to bed and uh, trend definitely by secondary methods. I mean, sure. I'm sure ups your BMR to a certain degree. Um, so then when you're like throwing carbs or calories on it, trying to then go to sleep, it's like, you're just a furnace at that point burning Dude. through it. So your sleep's even worse. And yeah, the sweat is insane. Did you have yeah. a crazy? Yeah. Like the, yeah. the entire bed would be like soaked into the mattress and then you're cold because you can't yeah. roll over onto it. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Why would you do that kind of stuff? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so, it's so funny thinking about it now when we even talk about it like this, like. We sound like former addicts <laughs> almost, but it's like maybe it I, should uh, be a, a controlled substance in a schedule. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I still I still disagree. I still yeah. don't think I mean, I wouldn't mind if something like trend was sure trends just I mean, that's one that's like, hey, this has never been used in humans. We can't we can't say yeah. that this thing should be prescribed yeah. by doctors. Yeah. Um, but with testosterone. Yeah. Like we talked yeah. about, I don't think that one should be. Um, did you ever try anything exotic like mint or any of those type of things? Never got into anything like that. I guess the most exotic thing I probably ever used was a few SARMs when those were like first coming around. Um, I did too. Os Osterine and some Rad 140 
And then I guess Ibutamorin, not really a SARM, uh, more of a ghrelin agonist or um, what's it called? A growth hormone releasing peptide. But yeah, that was about as crazy as I got. Never used actually any GH or anything like that either. I, uh, I, I kind of guess kept it pretty basic in comparison. What about you? Do you feel like you got anything out of the SARMs? And yeah, I tried every, every fucking thing there was. <laughs> Um, I definitely felt like the rad 140 certainly worked. Um, and it makes sense now. It seems like we definitely know about more about them. And I mean, it's very suppressive along with a lot of the other ones. So you certainly should get some muscle building benefits from it. And I also felt like it gave me more endurance. Um, the one, I guess you can group them in as SARMs, um, even though it's not technically one is a carterine. Oh and yeah, I did the, a lot of cartering. Yeah, which a uh, PPAR agonist, correct? Yeah, PPAR gamma. Yeah, PPAR gamma agonist, and yeah, that stuff gives you crazy, crazy endurance, and definitely burns fat too. Like, I mean, it's like, and it would also lower my resting heart rate. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I did the SARMs. I I wish I would have gotten my lab work during that time because I mm -hmm. didn't, and I just figured like, well, I knew they were shutting people down, and that was stupid to think otherwise, but. I didn't think about the liver toxicity. And when I see people come in through Merrick who have used SARMs or are using SARMs, their liver enzymes are usually so skewed. Like I'll see a guy take an oral, like a Dianabol or something They're you know, their ALTAST may be in the fifties or so. And then when they're on SARMs, like sometimes they're in the hundreds, which is just crazy. God, that's wild. This episode is brought to you by Merrick Health. As you know, at Atlas, we're extremely passionate about optimizing all aspects of the human condition. We believe that starts with one's health. But before we start optimizing, we need to know what we're optimizing for, and we need to know where you're starting. That's why we partner with Merrick Health, where you can stop guessing about your health status and actually get a look under the hood. Merrick was co-founded by our friend Derek over at More Plates, More Dates as a place where the individual could take their health into their own hands. Merrick is a telemedicine company that uses blood work and other metrics to provide valuable insights into how your body is functioning and what might need to be changed in order to improve your performance and longevity. With Merrick Health's comprehensive lab tests, You'll receive biomarker feedback with actionable steps to improve your metabolism, your libido, your mood, cognitive function, and so much more. Once you get your labs done, your personal health coach will find a licensed medical provider in your state that can help you to develop a treatment plan. So we worked with Merrick to provide our listeners with two panels. You can go over to MerrickHealth.com forward slash Atlas and order our panel for 10% off using code Atlas. Choose Atlas Lab Panel and pair it with a lab review from a health coach for a thorough analysis of your results. That's MerrickHealth.com forward slash Atlas and use code Atlas at checkout. You can also order your own desired labs and use code Atlas to get 10% off your first order. And that took me so long to film, so... Please go do that, guys. Yeah, SARMs tear up livers. It's nuts. And then when people, they seem to suppress pretty hardcore too. Like guys will have used them years prior and still be at like the 200 or 300 at most. I think that that's probably, that's probably the biggest contributor to people being shut down at a young age these days is the SARMs because they're kind of sold as the safer, safer. version. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's that's just your guaranteed way to need TRT. If you're wanting to go down that road, just hop on 200 milligrams of testosterone not that i'm recommending that to anybody but i would say get on testosterone before you i think i even think you could do a cycle of that and recover probably completely fine better than you can with sarms and i don't know what it is to it um dave lee who we'll have on here soon shortly has talked about he sees a lot of guys with you know low testosterone levels and he talks about the same with younger guys it's usually prior sarm use that got them in their predicament 
Don't know why. But I don't feel, I mean, I was running so many other things during the time that I would just like, they were in liquid things. I would just pound them too. The only thing I remember uh, noticing was whatever one I used made everything yellow. Do you remember which one that is? Ooh, yes. Which one was that? Not Austrian, not rad, I don't think. Uh, uh, I just remember hearing about it. Now, now, hold on. Now I'm looking it up because I got it SR? Is it SR something? Uh, I don't know if it let me that. Let's see. I know exactly which one you're talking about, though. Uh, yes, it was Andarine S4. Oh, S4. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I definitely remember that shit made everything yellow. It was yeah. really weird. I would when I noticed it the most is I was maybe third or fourth year med student and I was on a surgery rotation and the bright light in the OR would just like be so yellow and the whole like body cavity would be bright yellow and I wouldn't be able to tease out structures. And I felt just like an idiot. they'd be like, cause the attendings will always pimp the students like, what's this? And I'd be like, yeah. fuck that all looks the same. It's just all pure yellow. And I would just like be trying to be quiet and hopefully like fade into the back, like Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else answers the question yeah, for like, you. Hope, really yeah. trying to hope that a student or a resident would answer because I can't see shit. And I'm like, and plus I'm in the OR, I'm nervous as a student and your mass is fogging up. I just remember that was awful. Um, and then I tried other things like the, yeah, mint or whatever. Didn't get anything good out of that. Um, trust, did trust alone, right? Yeah. Trust alone. Yeah. It, it was no different than anything else except for 90. It's a 19 or compound too, isn't it? Don't even know. I, I think, it, I think it's I can't remember progestin. It's so funny these times, like these days too, like kids will come in America and they ask things about certain peptides or like men's stuff and they like that. And I'm like, dude, I can't even remember. Like it's been so long since I've thought about that stuff. And maybe I should, I don't know. I don't even want to educate myself on it because I don't care anymore. I, I, all I want to tell them is don't do it. That's all I can yep. tell you, you know, yep. maybe I should educate myself a bit more on those compounds, but I just feel like they're useless. Yeah. I, I like, I prefer to educate myself on things that have been tried and, and we have research on, you know? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I feel about even like all the other compounds that I used outside of test. Now looking back on it, I'm like, sure. I know I said, I loved oxandrolone and things like that. And it's sure not without side effects. I know it's the most mild from a toxicity standpoint with orals, but it still is toxic to a certain degree. Um, you definitely see values go down or go up whenever you're using it um, as far as like liver markers. Um, but like, I don't know, I think for most guys, I'm like, if you ever want to use anything, like just do what's bioavailable, use tests. Like you're going to get all the best results in the world, probably not have any like weird feeling, you know, like we were talking about with some of the compounds making you not feel like yourself. I feel like that's just your safest bet and you know exactly what you're getting and your body knows exactly what to do with it too. Yeah. I would go after ones that have a significant amount of clinical data on them. So that's going to be testosterone, nandrolone, and avar, primavolin, mm -hmm. growth hormone, I guess. Yeah. And that's like, if you talk to any top pro, that's what they're doing the majority of the time. And they may add trend in around a competition and I think every single one of them would agree that if they were not competing, they would not have trend in mm -hmm. their, armamentarium because it's just it's useless it, outside of that it's pointless to use um the word i also did like test suspension before did you ever do that uh yeah one time actually i'll <laughs> never forget this buddy of mine had 
uh, test suspension with super draw too. Oh, nice. And God, we tried that before we went and worked out one time and it worked. I mean, I don't know if it was the super draw or the test suspension, but it certainly hits you like a ton of bricks, like immediately. Yeah. The, the one, when I did the, the mint and the test suspension were in Guayacol, I think, do you know what that is? Mm-mm it's like a solvent that they have to use. And that's okay. actually how like Victoria found out that I was like had stuff because it smelled so bad. Like the entire house, like we had a two story four bedroom house and the entire house would reek of it. Like it smells like you took paint thinner. Cause that's essentially what it is. And just like, you know, sprayed it all around the house. My pores would reek of it. And I would oh just be like, oh, I don't know what that smell is. And it's just traced it down to a closet where I was hiding it. Um, God, it was, but it was bad. You would taste it. You would smell it on your body. It would just be reeking out of you for, I don't know, a day or so after the injection, but they use it because they like some compounds are hard to break down and turn mm-hmm. into a liquid form. And so they use it as a solvent and it's hardcore. Like, I mean, literally for those listening can like imagine taking basically paint thinner and injecting it into your muscle. And that's what we're doing. That's what bodybuilders, our kids, usually just stupid kids are doing. That's crazy. Because I'm sure my inflammation markers were insanely high. Those muscle cells were probably dying in my glute. Like it's just, it's crazy. And that's why you feel things like the, you know, that's when you get the test flu because you're so inflamed because your body's mounting this insane immunologic response to the compounds that are inside. Yeah. Those ones made me feel gross too. I would certainly feel toxic. Cause like I said, you could taste it on your, in your mouth and you could also, you know, feel it oozing out of you and smell it. And you would just feel like a walking chemical. Yeah. Oh, dude. And it's so funny. Even you talking about like, you can tell it genuinely bothers you. Like thinking back, like, God, like why? Just why? Even all those little like variables of like, it smelt super toxic. I felt really toxic, but like, I continued to do it because I thought it helped me build more muscle. It's wild. I mean, even Uh, trend is that way from a like standpoint of, I mean, I guess should talk a little bit more about it with trend cough. Um, I'm sure everybody's heard about that, but for whatever reason, I don't know what it is about the trimbalone compound, but when you inject it, like sometimes it, you really don't know when it's going to come on, but you'll start to get like this metallic taste in your mouth right after yeah. injecting. And then it's like the worst coughing fit you've ever had in your life. Like, I mean, to where you feel like you're going to die almost like head in the freezer, like someone help me. It's <laughs> awful. And would have those, you know, maybe once a week and you just kind of continue to carry on like, oh, this is normal. Like my first that's time what happens when you drink protein powder or something. Exactly. My first time I, that happened to me, I literally was considering writing out a note and telling everybody like what happened. And I love them because I thought it was fine. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was crossing my mind. Like I need to do something now because I'm home yep. alone and I'm going to die. And I, I feel like I can't breathe. I'm probably going to die. And I, yep. I was like, I should write something out just in case because I think it's going to happen. But it wasn't only with um, with Trend for me. Like I've gotten it with every compound because really? if you hit a vessel. Yeah. yeah. Um, trend, like, yeah, I don't know what it is either. My guess has always been that maybe there's something in the solvent that's like pretty permeable to like the vessel that it mm-hmm. like, and this is pure bro science, but my, that's my thought because it does seem to happen more with trend. And essentially all it is, is the, the compound is getting within the bloodstream. So it's inside a vessel. So my thought was maybe for some reason it's highly permeable into surrounding vessels and it gets picked up by you know, little capillaries or something and into the bloodstream. 
Um, but I've certainly had it with like tests. My, it was like my first cycle. I think that I got that because I think I hit a blood vessel. I didn't aspirate. Or even if you do, you still can always move around, you know, like mm -hmm. you move a few, like a millimeter to left and puncture a vessel and then you're spraying oil into it. And you're essentially giving yourself a small like pulmonary embolus because you're getting these fatty emboli. So fat's ruling fat because the, the, the compounds in oil. Yeah. And so the oil gets into your bloodstream and then it gets filtered through the lungs or it goes into the lungs and, you know, gets on the alveoli and makes you feel awful. But yeah, you can taste it first. That's when I always know you're like, yeah. oh, fuck. And then you got to brace yourself because you're like, here yeah. it comes. And then the yeah. cough is worse than anything you'll ever experience. Like, you feel sometimes you throw up like I've been gagging before and you're just coughing and like start sweating and feeling awful and it lasts for maybe like three minutes of pure coffee and not being able to catch your breath feels like a mixture of being like punched in the gut and then also having you know like one of those terrible cough um flus where you know you're like COVID or something where you mm. just cannot stop coughing and catch your breath then it, but then you kind of feel shitty for the rest of the day after that too. I would know that one. I used to psychologically though, tell myself like, I'm going to have a better day because it's in the bloodstream and it's like, cause <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it would have to sit in your muscle and be like, go through esterases before it makes its way into the blood. Yeah, but I'd yeah. be like, no, I'm more, like I'm way more anabolic today because it's, it got, I straight up like mainlined the stuff. <laughs> Oh, I love your Crazy. honesty with it. Just the stuff that we used to tell ourselves, right? Of like, this is good. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, let's negate the fact of whatever the hell this is that's making this happen to me. Uh, it's so funny, but that's interesting. So you think it just has to do with like the actual like way that the solvents that they have to use for underground stuff. And maybe it just takes a stronger one to break down trend that, I mean, because normal like pharma grade tests, like that's, I've very rarely ever heard that happening with anybody. I haven't had it ever since I've used it, but I also aspirate and it's a small amount. So there's mm -hmm. multiple, you know, there's a lot of variables, but I, you know, I've gotten it on test EQ DECA. I've done it. I've gotten it on every compound. It's always similar. Um, but trend is the one where it's like, you know, you're probably getting it. I don't know, a 10th of the time or more, which is yeah. pretty a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, one other thing about trend and Andrelone too, for, any of the younger guys that have thought about going down that road and thinking that they're just going to come off afterwards. They're both extremely suppressive. Um, you know, like just pro, um, what's it called uh, progesterone based compounds like that for whatever reason are just extremely suppressive um, to your endogenous system. I mean, they even have like, I think some studies with Nandrolone showing like, I forget like how many milligrams, but a very minute uh, amount will completely suppress uh, your endogenous testosterone production and the metabolites, especially for nandrolone and trend two can stay around for a really long time, like months afterwards. So I remember guys always having like really bad uh, or really hard time actually rebounding and doing their post cycle. And it's probably just because those compounds were still floating around uh, in small amounts, suppressing their system. And speaking of like the progestin, uh, progestins, progesterone, prolactin, gyno is a big one that people mm -hmm. should be. And you had surgery, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't. Um, 
there was a time on trend when my nipples were literally leaking black stuff. So this is the, the kind of stuff that you'll experience. Like I remember specifically being in target, having the bro cut off where, you know, the nipples pop out sometimes and then feeling it itchy and just scratching it kind of mindlessly while looking at something on the target shelf and then looking down and seeing black stuff dripping out of my nipple oh my in God. public and just like, holy shit, holy shit. And then I'm like trying to wipe it up and super afraid but well, that's the kind of stuff you're going to deal with again. Like if, if all of the other stuff doesn't, uh, you know, bother you that we've talked about, you also deal with that. And I yeah. still, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have gyno per se. There's breast tissue in there that will flare up. If I ever do a higher cycle, which it doesn't, I would always have like a nodule under there. I got a little, I got lucky, I guess. And that mine wasn't visible. I kind of have a small layer of fat over my chest, but it's still enough to where I could see striations and be fine. And it would mm-hmm. kind of hide the gyno. Um, yours must have been visible enough to have it surgically removed, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll have to, I guess I've never really shown you pictures of what mine looked like before. My left one was huge. I mean, it was, it was the thick boy that was in there. And I always think that I had it to a mild degree. I definitely blame Diana Ball. Um, I forget <laughs> Diana ball like converts to a different form of estrogen. If I'm correct. Uh, it's like, it, it's, I think there it's like kind of a, the way that it's metabolized. It's like a more potent form of estrogen from what I understand. Um, so anyway, I always blame that for it, but I think that developed it. Um, and then whenever I started taking five alpha reductase inhibitors, I think that exacerbated it just by not having the DHT to kind of antagonize the estrogen at the receptor breast tissue like that. Uh, yeah. kind of just made it explode and grow a little bit more. And then I guess since I only have like 10 more minutes growth hormone, you said you never did growth hormone. Nope. I always was actually afraid to really mess with it. Like I said, really? I did. I, yeah, I did. I uh, one time. Um, so MK six, seven, seven, and, you know, even that like freaked me out a little bit, just, I felt like I had this understanding, like, Hey, boosting my IGF one, uh, to super physiological amounts, like probably isn't a good idea, uh, from a health and longevity standpoint. So it kind of always made yeah. me skittish. You're smart, man. It took me forever to realize this shit. <laughs> like, I did, I did all the GHRPs. That's why it's funny. Cause guys will talk to me about it. Like, should I take this with, uh, I don't know what, how many, yeah, there's so many different ones and I forget what, see, I, I don't remember like with DAC, without DAC. I mean, I understand having to do with the half-life, but I can't remember the combos of them, which are all just acronyms all, to me, basically. Yeah. People get all into, you know, all that. And I can't remember at all, but at the time I remember being very red, well read on it. And I would be like, oh yeah, you need to pair this compound with this compound at this time of day. And now I'm just like, why I think it forgot I forgot it is because they were all so fucking pointless. They didn't do a goddamn thing. Okay. Um, and then a lot of TRT clinics, including ours, will use these GHRPs. And for some people, they're effective. For the vast majority of people, I think GHRPs, growth hormone releasing peptides, secretagogues, and growth hormone are virtually pointless for most people. I yeah. wholeheartedly believe that. I even think that bodybuilders are wasting their time when they're using it. I could be wrong. I mean, obviously they're, they have their physique and they get to the Olympia level using that. And maybe there's something to it, but I've never seen in the data ever where growth hormone is increasing muscle mass, increase, like increasing lipogenesis. Sure. Uh, or I mean, lipolysis, so burning down fat, definitely. But I don't know. 
the insulin resistance that it causes, it just seems like it would almost be a, like a neutral thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you liberate more fatty acids, but then you're becoming insulin resistant in the same time, which we know can lead to more adipose, you know, um, deposition. And I don't know, it just seems like a, a neutral. A lot to of me. fluid retention sometimes too. At a higher That's the only thing I've got. So yeah. for sure, like when I use the peptides, um, that was during a time of like CrossFit and I was extremely lean and I wanted to use it because I felt like it would help my recovery. And still, when I talk to guys who want to use it, that's what I'm talking about. Like if your recovery is really suffering and we look and we see you have low IGF one and you need some help with your sleep because your training's so crazy, maybe there's some utility there, but anytime that I would use it, I would notice, cause I was so lean at that point. I could literally know, you know, if water retention was kicking on and my abs would go from being like shredded with veins to almost like looking blurry, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, I hated that feeling. And then I didn't use growth hormone until a few years ago. Um, and the first time that I did, I think I used two units the first day and then just in classic Adam fashion, it was like the next day was four. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to bump the ship to like eight. Like I just doubled it on like the third day and I was already using like a Olympia level growth hormone at my third day of ever using it. Cause I was like, <laughs> you know, it just didn't seem like it was working. I'm like, oh, two days in, it's not working. I'm going to go all the way up. So I remember doing eight that day. Um, I was a resident then and I worked all day in the hospital and I drove to the gym afterwards and I was taking off my scrubs to change. And I looked down in my ankles. I had like long socks. My, my, my leg was like, my ankle was here and my leg was here. Like it looked like oh my, my patients gosh. with lymphedema. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I can't walk out on the gym floor like that. I look like I've got a disease because yep. I had so much water retention. That was my first time I started taking Telmosartan because I, knew the growth hormone was activating the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, and I could inhibit that via, you know, ARB. And I started using that for the water retention. That's really all I felt like I got from it. I used it for probably six months, and no joke, it was the first time in my life that I was looking in the mirror and going, like, holy shit, I look a lot older. Like, my forehead mm. started to get bigger, and mm. then I started to get more wrinkles. Like, I'd never had – I just looked – I felt super old everywhere. Which is counterintuitive it. to how it's sold to most people, right? That it's like the anti-aging hormone. Yeah. And I, I think that that's so like misguided. I don't think that it's anti-aging. I think that it's age accelerating. I mean, yeah. there can even be the argument that people, you know, they say it's anti-aging because hair, skin, nail quality gets better. But if you're turning over more cells quicker, mm -hmm. that's, that's accelerating aging you know if things are growing faster it's not necessarily a good thing when you look at longevity if you want to promote longevity you slow down the growth i tell people to try to put it into terms they can understand i say look at like a, a lifespan when in the lifespan is somebody like aging before your eyes it's usually like as a teenager you know a, a mm -hmm. teenager you, they go off to school for a day and they come back and you're like holy shit you know like you, you just age and you know parents talk about that all the time and it's true that's growth hormone. You know, they have so much hormone and yep. I think that you're, yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice. When you look at the pro bodybuilders, most of them are in their twenties, maybe thirties, and they all look so much older than they are, yep, you know, absolutely. and it, it's multifactorial, but I think growth hormone plays a huge role in that. Um, and I just never got anything out of it. Really. I yep. really don't feel like it helps me in any way other than water retention. I think the water retention makes you look a bit fuller. So that's cool. And like I said, maybe you stay a little bit leaner, but is it worth the insulin resistance? I would 
I would say no. Um, I think growth hormone in combination with insulin. Now you're probably like, you got a, a little winning combo there, but I never wanted to mess with insulin personally. That's what I was afraid of. I never wanted to kill myself. Yeah. Well, and I definitely think it does. I mean, if you look at guys that did use it for years at high dosage, there's definitely some, uh, acromegaly side effects too, that occur. Like I understand that, you know, in theory, your growth plates and things like that are supposed to be closed after a certain age, but there's definitely some elongation of like the elbow oh, sure. and like some weird stuff. And like you said, um, head starts at forehead region, especially yeah. starts to grow. Like it's, you can notice it like, oh no, I mean, yeah, look at all the pros the trained eye, but yeah. No. Yeah. If you look at all the pros, they look like cavemen kind of, they've got, yeah. you know, huge foreheads, their ears are usually pretty big. Their noses are pretty wide. Their feet grow. Um, you know, I'm a pretty avid listener of bro chat. They all talk about their, all their feet grew a size or two while using. So yeah, it's, I mean, mine did too, for sure. Not much, but I did go up a half size. So you think, and I, you know, the most sad example of it actually rest in peace is uh, Dallas McCarver, dude. I can like I, his transformation of like how quickly he aged in like a five year time period. It was like that one always freaked me out. Cause I'm like, there's no way that anyone can just ignore like how blatant this is. I mean, this guy, it's crazy. It's insane. And then you look like his uh, autopsy, you know, like significant cardiovascular disease leading to death, which is insane. And how old was he? 20s uh, right 26 27 younger that's than insane. me that's insane so yeah and you know when he passed actually that. in college that i was in college and that was kind of i guess like i was still like at that point kind of teetering out of competing but i'll never forget when i when he passed that was like for me i was like oh this is it like that guy is a few years older than me that could have been me if i continued along that path like i'm good I think the, I just had a thought in my mind too, like, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, well, you know, that's better than if, if you go and do crack and heroin and everything. And I agree. However, I think the issue with this all is that it's under the, the guise of health, right? Mm -hmm. Like all bodybuilding and everything is kind of considered to be healthy. And so you're just kidding yourself because at this point you literally are the equivalent of, you know, smoking crack and, and doing heroin and, before somebody like misquotes me, I'm not saying TRT and everything is equivalent to that. But when you're injecting these from when you're injecting high amounts of trend that's made from an underground source and you know everything I've talked about, the test suspension, the Diana ball, all these orals. Yeah, you're putting your body under severe strain and you're not having maybe the acute effects on your personality and your relationships and everything that, you know, heroin and crack, et cetera, will cause, but you are doing you know, a disservice to your body. And then you're, you're kind of hiding under this falsehood that it's for health, which it isn't, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that being said, you can certainly do anabolics in a safe way. And there's a lot of people who will help you to do so. Um, I would point towards obviously Derek, um, John Jewett, the J3 university, um, that girl, Corey, who thinks that I don't know what I'm talking about. I would point you to her. Cause she seems like she's trying to do safer use model. Um, I don't know. A lot of people like that can help you and teaming up with people like Merrick to look at your lab work and see how it is affecting you. It can be done safely and doesn't have to be detrimental, but Josh and I have both done things that are detrimental and that we regret. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if we can save anybody from going down the same path, I think that's kind of our, you know, we were just texting back and forth last night that it's always exciting, I guess, to be able to help people along this route or when you find something that they did not realize was going on when we're looking at their blood work and what they've been exposing to themselves. Like some people never look under the hood and to actually give them that idea of like, hey, this is like the long-term damage that you are doing, you know, because it's exposure, just like cardiovascular is a de disease of exposure. Same thing with taking exogenous androgens at high amounts. Yeah. Sure, a 12-week cycle is not going to do much, but you compound that over five to 10 years, you're certainly going to have you know, issues there down the road. 100%. So if you guys got any questions, we'll be open in the comments. You know, let us, let us know. We'll definitely, you know, we're not... We're trying to be as open as possible. I think I was as open as I have. And yeah, nothing else that, that I can say that I did or, or didn't do. I think pretty much tried everything. I never tried Halo testing. I'll put that out there. I've always been interested. Did you ever try Halo? Didn't, but I, that's always the one that I was a little interested in too, just to know, like, because you always heard of fighters using it before, like, right, if you, you know, because it hits you so hard, it's so androgenic that it just makes I always you, like, wanted to, to do like a test suspension shot and a halo and then go. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, let us know, subscribe, all that stuff, and we'll see you in the next one. See you guys soon.